What is going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. I am very grateful to have your attention, at least for the next 15 minutes of this episode. Forward Thinking Founders is a podcast where I interview pre-seed and seed stage founders about their products, what they want to build into the world, and why. We dive into how they spend their time, what's their vision, what's the origin of stories, all these things, so you can learn all about what's coming tomorrow. Because these companies haven't hit critical scale yet. Most of them haven't hit product market fit. These are just early stage companies, and the big question is, what can this be? And in this podcast, we bring that out. So with that, I really hope you enjoy your time listening to today's episode. And I've already done 200 plus, so if you like this one, listen to some of the other ones, like with Imadi Kuhn, Austin Allred, Leah Culver. We have great interviews, so check it out. Enjoy the repository, and for now, let's get into today's episode. Here we go. All right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we talk to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Matt Vareal, who is the founder and CEO of Infinite Composites. Welcome to the show. How's it going? Doing well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on and sharing more about what you're working on with, with your company. For people that haven't heard of Infinite Composites, what is it? Um, for people that haven't heard of it, you know, can you tell us what you're working on? Yeah, so uh, Infinite Composites designs, develops, and manufactures the most efficient gas storage systems in the universe for uh, space and transportation applications. So I guess a couple of questions. So ultimately, who is the type of, I guess, company or like customer that would be using Infinite Composites? And because this is a space that I'm just learning myself, so I'm going to ask some kind of like basic questions. So who's kind of using Infinite Composites and kind of walk me through their experience kind of with with your product with your company what it's like using using what you're building mm-hmm. sure yeah so uh, most of our customers uh, kind of fit into a couple of different categories but uh it's a lot of uh, groups who are building uh, space launch vehicles for sending uh, payloads into space as well as uh people who are building satellites and other uh uh, vehicles that would use high pressure or cryogenic gases to uh, power the vehicles um, so uh, basically, we're the fuel tanks for rockets and satellites, and uh, and and it can be used for cars and uh, planes as well. Um, but uh, what we provide to customers is the most lightweight solution available. So, like um, for instance, in a rocket, over sixty percent of a rocket's mass uh, can be made up of its pressure vessels. It's basically tanks stacked on tanks with tanks inside of tanks and then a payload on top and an en- and engines on the bottom with some electronics in there as well but uh that's basically the the primary uh, uh makeup of the vehicle and it's the same in uh like lunar landers satellites and, and other space vehicles as well so I, I have to ask you know this is the this kind of market is a new one to me which is one of the reasons I wanted to have you on because it's like you know very very it, it's on the on the rise 100% but I have to ask you what got you interested in this market or I guess in other words a much more simple question is like what's the origin story for infinite composites and kind of why'd you get started with this Yeah so we didn't originally start uh, focusing on space uh, my co-founder and I um, joined a team in college that was building quarter scale formula 1 cars um, and so uh, we had to raise money to, to build the car. We had to recruit the team and then we take it to competition against teams from all over the world. So like you have like Porsche and Ferrari and the people who are going into that coming over to the U.S. to, to race cars against us. But uh, we um, 
we didn't have any money. And so to uh, raise awareness of the team, get some sponsorships, we made uh, the world's first compressed natural gas powered formula car and uh, did a 24 hour endurance event with it. And uh, during that event, we realized that uh, the tank was incredibly heavy. It was about 10% of the weight of the vehicle. It uh, didn't really hold enough fuel. So we kept having to refuel over and over and over again. And um, that kind of set off a chain of events uh, where my co-founder and I started looking for alternative solutions for, uh, for storing gases. And um, then we uh, kind of stumbled on a, an article from Composites World magazine saying that uh, linerless composite tanks were the holy grail of gas storage and that they could revolutionize sustainable transportation and space exploration. And so um, I had a concept for making that and we just started doing it. We started applying for research funding, business plan competitions, uh, you know, building prototypes and, and stuff like that. Um, and so we did that for a couple of years. And then uh, in about 2016, we started having a lot of uh, space companies and NASA reaching out on our website um, to you know, get us to build tanks for them. And we realized the, uh, the economics were much more attractive. There was a lot more funding to, uh, you know, push the technology forward faster. And um, we decided to focus primarily on that as kind of a stepping stone into, uh, you know, aviation and transportation applications. So I would say in the last like year or so, when, when I first started hearing about, um, you know, space tech, different technologies, you know, like just like a lot of startups in the space, I'm just thinking, how does one even get started just building for that um and like how do you wrap around your wrap your mind around it but like obviously you're in it right so like this is probably just your day-to-day -day. but i have to ask i don't even know how to phrase the question but like when you decided you were going to build for space or build you know for that market did it take some time to like understand how to do that or was it just just like any company just step by step learning on the go how'd you kind of acclimate to that market yeah well um I mean, it was it was definitely a major kind of shift in uh, thinking because, um, you know, in in automotive and transportation, uh, everything has to be built in such a way that it can withstand like, you know, a, somebody throwing a shovel in the back of their truck or, uh, you know, crashing in a car and whatnot. So the the testing standards are actually significantly higher, like you have to do a lot more tests and whatnot. But uh in space, they have a lot more quality control requirements. So like uh, we had to really shift our focus from just being wanting to crank out a high volume of tanks to being incredibly meticulous about how we're building them, how we're tracking all the information and, um, you know, making sure that uh, the, the risk is uh, very reduced while still, you know, pushing the performance to the uh, edge. So it's, a, it's quite a balancing act. Um, there's, uh, you know, two different types of customers we're dealing with. Some are like huge, massive, multi-billion dollar, uh, prime contractors and they flow down, you know, hundreds and hundreds of requirements that we have to comply with. And then there's like a lot of the startup guys who take the more, you know, I guess you call it the Facebook approach or the SpaceX approach where you build it, blow it up, build it, blow it up. And all they want to do is know that, uh, you've done the testing to, you know, support that it can work. And so um, that's, that's still a struggle, you know, managing between those two kind of uh, groups, but uh, um, really the major shift was focus on quality, quality, quality. Um, that was a 
major thing to wrap your head around. And another thing I'm kind of curious about is, you know, I know I, I follow a few people on Twitter that are very interested in space tech on the VC side. Like these are, these are investors. Um, and I know that like, there's, you know, more and more appetite for this. How, how do you though, from the founder perspective, look at like capital for space? Is there, is there plenty? Do you wish there was 10 X more? What's kind of the state of uh, the, what's the state of like space in regards to like getting funded in your kind of in your view? Yeah, I mean, I think there there is a lot of money out there right now. Um, the the vast majority of it is going to a few different uh, kind of specific uh, type of uh, applications or or participants in the market. Mostly, groups are providing a lot of the services uh, or end uses. Um, but we have seen, uh, especially, we just graduated from a TechStar Space Accelerator. And so we got connected with a lot of folks who are are investing in more like components, subsystems, hard uh, hardware, and like deep technology. So I think uh, I think the appetite's out there. I think the money's out there. Um, it's uh, really about just getting in the right position to capture that with you know customer traction and all the other things that uh, have to come together to uh, to attract the uh, the larger investors. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, one more question on this front. You know, you're 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 the founder. You're a founder in this space. You know, I, I'm curious. What does your day to day look like? Um, you know, as you're as you're operating, like, are you? I can't. I can't even imagine. So I'll, I'll give you the floor here. What's I know no day is kind of equal, but if you were to give the most like average day for you, you know, what does that look like uh, as you're working on this? Yeah, I mean, a lot of it is uh, like my primary focus, uh, or I have two primary focuses. One's fundraising, the other's basically solving problems, you know, within the, the company and operations and whatnot. Um, so it usually starts out with a, a nice plan of what I'm doing for the day, but uh, oftentimes it uh, kind of uh, shifts into, uh, you know, problem solving mode. A lot of these things kind of just like arise up and they have urgent need to, uh, um, to solve it, uh, or else, you know, we timeline starts slipping or, you know, just cause a downstream chain of consequences. So, um, a lot of people managing, um, we're, we're starting to professionalize the business a lot more where as, uh, you know, early on, it was more like find a problem, go solve it, just cowboy it up and uh, make it happen. Whereas now uh, our customers have a lot more requirements that have to be met and they want documentation on that and stuff. And so um, we have to, we have to basically manage our team and set up a lot of processes and whatnot to, uh, to keep everything moving in, in the right direction. And so a lot of my time spent doing that, um, you know, fixing problems, managing team and uh, um, trying to find additional capital so that we can better, uh, <laughs> you know, manage some of these projects and, uh, and not have to do so much firefighting. And if you were to look out kind of out of the day to day and more like the big picture here, what is, what does infinite composites look like, you know, in five or 10 years or 15, you know, whatever, however far you want to look at, or I guess in other words, what's the big vision and what direction are you rowing in with this company? Yeah. So, uh, our, our vision is to be the largest uh, provider of composites, tank, composite tank structures and vehicles in the universe. Um, really, we're, we're primarily focused on tanks right now, but our technology is extensible into, um, you know, additional components, so structural components. Um, eventually, I think we'll be able to produce an entire uh, 
launch vehicle or a stage of a launch vehicle using our technology. And so uh, we want to expand and, and capture more of the value chain from that uh, aspect and, uh, you know, be able to provide full rockets or um, propulsion systems to customers. Um, so that, that's the, that's the vision. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I think the opportunity is there for that. So, um, but expanding into more full systems is a big thing. And in order to make that happen, like you'll need some help, right? It takes a village to make a startup or a company work. So my question for you is how can the forward thinking founders community assist? Are you hiring? Are you fundraising? Um, are you, you know, looking for customers or users of some sort? You know, how can the community assist? Sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, we're, we are hiring and we are fundraising. Um, uh, so, you know, any, any leads on that folks who are interested in investing in hardware, or space technology, uh, more specifically on the investor front. Um, and then uh, we're always looking to find uh, forward-thinking uh, entrepreneurs and founders who want to join a company like ours. And uh, our hope is to, you know, fill our entire ranks of our company with entrepreneurs and entrepreneurial thinkers. So, um, you know, folks who are interested, you know, reach out and uh, um, yeah, we can see where it goes. And if someone is interested and do want to reach out, how can they find you? What's your, you know, website? Are you on social media? Do you have an email address? How can someone reach out? Yeah, so uh, we are on uh, all different social medias. Uh, our website www.infinitecomposites.com. Um, we're on Twitter. We're on LinkedIn. We're on um, Instagram. Um, and then uh, if you're interested in chatting with me, uh, my email address is Matt. M-A-T-T at infinitecomposites.com. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate uh, you inviting me.